It's the Beach Happy Podcast, inspired by small town life along Florida's Gulf Coast. Brought to you by Shunk Gully on 30A, winner of the 30A Hotspot Award for Casual Dining and Best Oysters. Let's hit the beach. Playing this spring at the Moon Crush Connected Music Vacation in Miramar Beach. We've got Bear with Need to Breathe. I'm out of hibernation. We're doing podcasts again, and this is the way to start it, Bear. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Where are you today? I'm in Nashville. Right. It's uh, thawing out? It is, finally, yeah. Yeah, it was a good week for us. I mean, it's crazy when the kids can't go to school, but uh, I had a lot of fun in the snow. I love it. Um, I hate dissecting band names. This is like my least favorite question in the world. Okay. But yours is pretty fascinating how you got the name for it. I wish you would just kind of tell our listeners how you came up with the name Need to Breathe. I I love it. Yeah, thanks, man. We were in college um, and we heard a story uh, about Socrates teaching students by the water. And one of the kids asked, I guess, you know, how will I know if I'm doing the right thing in life or the right purpose? And and he dunks the kid's head under the water and kind of holds him down there, kind of lets him up when he's gasping for air a little bit. He's like, when you need that thing in your life as much as you need to breathe, that's when you know you're doing the right thing. Why did that why did that um, sing to you like that? I think, you know, I think um, obviously in college, you're looking for all kinds of meaning and whatever. You probably over the years, you know, in 20 years, I would have changed that name 10 times probably. Um, But, you know, we were into like acoustic music and I think we were all leaving school and thinking like, man, are we going to do this? Like we're we're really graduating college and now we're going to go have not a job for a long time, not a real one. Um, and, and everybody around us was like, man, you're crazy and you're not that good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think we wanted to have a little bit of that. It was kind of a hands in moment. We are moving towards music, getting back on stage, which I know bands across the world are just very excited about. Um, what kept you creative last year and how did you stay in touch with your fans? Yeah, it was cool. I think that probably the hardest part was to stay in touch with the fans. Creatively, it was an amazing time for me because a home a lot and it sort of forced me to get into doing more things with the with the music a lot of times i write with other people or seth and our band uh, is a great engineer so he would do the demos and um it forced me like if anybody was going to hear the songs i was writing i had to demo them myself um and i think i end up writing 60 or 70 songs during just the pandemic time um so i had a i had a blast i would just get in here in my studio and act like a kid um which is a lot of fun and then we've just been putting music out we're trying to um, do as much as we can and we haven't announced it yet but there's more music coming um, this year that we were able to record during the time so we're excited you mentioned kids family not in school due to snow but we all went through this together uh, there was a lot of that last year um, tell me about last year with kids at the house uh, how did that, yeah. that 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 was a huge bonus in life wasn't it I think, you know, honestly, for me, it was because I've been on the road so much. I hear a lot of people complaining about it, which I get, I get too. Um, but, but you know, it's been 15 years since I've been home for this long, you know, or not even, I mean, I, this is 10 times longer than I've been home in 15 years. So I, it was really fun for me. All three of my kids are under five years old. So it's pure pandemonium. I mean, we had a baby during this time too. So I've got a six-month-old, three-year-old, five-year-old. Um, so it, it's been really cool. It's been special for me. Um, to be honest with you. It's the first time I've been around when like I've been there for the birth, but most of the time it's like two weeks after the baby's born, I'm back on the road, you know? Um, so it's been a really sweet thing. It's also, you know, been crazy. So I, I, I've, I've gotten to see what my wife has to deal with, you know, a lot. And, and that job is much harder than any job I've ever done. <laughs> Certainly music. How did you participate in keeping life normal and happy with a family? Like you said, with 
five and unders and a, and a wife when, you know, you're basically looking at the walls and backyard the whole time. Uh, what, what did yeah. y'all do? We, you know, we went out a lot. We were, we were doing a lot of waterfalls. Uh, I mean, so much so that our five-year-old eventually was like, I'm kind of bored of waterfalls. <laughs> so we would just, you know, it was like outdoor hiking and stuff like that. They're into all that stuff. Um, and any sort of crazy games we could come up with. And, um, so it's been cool. I've tried to involve them. We recorded some songs with the boys, like, you know, they wanted to do a Batman song. So we did that, you know, made a little music video for it. So I'm just trying to be creative with it. I love that. Three boys. Uh, five and under, uh, you're likely listening to their music in your car when you're driving around with them. Uh, what songs do you rock out when they're not in the car that they listen uh, to? Well, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's pretty close. They're, they are some, they don't like my music that much. They, you know, like occasionally they're like, all right, dad, it's enough. Um, so, but that the rock thing they're way into they're, they both say hard rock cause they watch trolls too. And they think that's what they're supposed to do, you know. Um, so we listen to Tom Petty, like Wallflower stuff. Favorite song by far for them is uh, Blur Song 2. So I've only heard that a thousand times in the last, you know, I used to like that song too. But, um, yeah, they, they would like it to be high energy rock and roll. But moving their head a little bit and uh, yeah. bouncing in the backseat, I yeah. love it. Um, focusing on your voice a little bit, when did you first stand out as a singer growing up? When did it just, like, it was like awesome. there. Yeah, I, honestly, it's weird. It's developed over the years in a different kind of thing. I, when I was 16, I played on this thing uh, at my church. It was the first kind of, you know, record I had been on or whatever. And and the guy who did the record was like, I think you kind of have a special voice. And I just thought he meant weird, you know, at the time. I, I was like, oh, I get that this sounds nothing like anybody else that's singing on this stage. But uh, so it took a long time. It wasn't natural uh, totally for me. Both my p parents are super musical. And I always felt like... Um, I wasn't as good as them or I wasn't, I didn't have the gift, you know, probably until at least college. What, uh, what was your first instrument? Uh, guitar. Yeah. What, what age? Uh, around that time, about 15, 16. Yeah. So not early. I, they, they tried to get, my mom was a piano teacher. She tried to get me to take piano and I was like, I'm into sports. I don't really care about that stuff right now. And I obviously regret that. I begged her once I got into guitar and writing songs to teach me some piano. So I can play a little bit enough to be dangerous on that. Are your boys at five, your elder oldest, better than you were at 15 on guitar right now? Yes. <laughs> That's all you could want as a parent. <laughs> uh, they, they, are, they, already, they know too much about pedals and all that stuff. I mean, they, they barely play because they sit there and, and, you know, tinker with the sounds and all that. Need to Breathe has a lot of powerful music. We'll get to that in just a minute. I, I do want to go over a couple of your songs, which kind of affected me early on listening to you guys. Um, what was the music that you listened to early on that affected you? Um, I think, I think probably like the soul rock stuff, like uh, the black crows were a huge impact on me. Um, I think, you know, look, I didn't know at the time why I think, I think, um, the combination of like that sort of gospel stuff that I grew up on in a way and rock and roll and the singing and all that stuff. There was something about that that really, um, unlocked a lot for me. So, you know, Joe Cocker, anybody who was using those kind of things, um, all the great, the voices, Ray Charles and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, you know, I got excited about music, you know, I mean, you listen to metal for a while, then you listen to rap for a while, you listen to, you know, just all kinds of stuff growing up. Um, and I kind of found, took a little bit of something from all of those things that I loved, you know, the showmanship and all that. 
and probably I think for me, the, the central thing that, that I took away is like when I was 15 or 16, I had this musical like awakening of just everything I would go see. I was amazed by. And I try to carry that into the way I feel about our music now, not take it too serious. Make sure people, if there's a 16 year old kid out there looking at us and like, you know, like, let's just play the part. Let's be, let's be rock stars for them. You know, um, even if we don't feel it that day. So that's performance for sure. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, being on stage is coming up for you guys. Um, there has to be some serious anticipation when your fans are going to start singing back to you after a long stoppage. So tell me about yeah. that feeling. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really exciting. I can't say it enough that the band, we all talk about it all the time, how much we're um, looking forward to it and we're eager for it. And, um, you know, we did a live stream I don't know, a month or two ago. And it was funny because nobody's in the room, of course, but it, we had all these 200 TVs in front of us and all this. And it actually, somewhere in the middle of it, felt like we were actually playing a show. It was like we kind of got lost in it. <laughs> and we all, at the end of the show, we all crashed out the end of the song. And, and then it was, then we took our ears off and we walked out and we could hear our own steps walking off the stage. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh, this isn't exactly really playing. But um, so we're, I mean, I think everybody's just, just stoked to kind of get back in front of the fans because it's why we do it, obviously. That's right. Uh, what Need to Breathe song makes more sense now or maybe took on an entirely different meaning after going through 2020? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Um, man, uh, there's probably a lot of them. I think I've, a lot of the stuff on Out of Body, we, we, this new record, we made before the pandemic happened. Um, and then going back and, and like sort of listening to that stuff again, like Mercy Shore or Child Again, both the songs, I think they, they feel very much like I would have written them after that happened. So um, I feel like that a lot of our songs feel that way. I, I feel like when I get the song, a lot of times it's in a, a moment of inspiration or I'm kind of I'm going through the emotion myself. So I feel like, you know, years down the road, I'm like, oh, I think I think I know what that was about now. <laughs> Did you have a quarantine mix that you made or anything that you listened to? Uh, you know, honestly, that's it. Yeah, I know we should have. That's funny. I think, you know, honestly, I really just got in here and wrote every day. It was crazy. Um, so the most time I found out that I can write early in the morning. You would not think that rock and roll wise, but I found out like my prime time is like seven 30 in the morning. So I've always wake up at like five 45. So once I've had my coffee, I'm ready to roll. That's funny. I think one of my top songs uh, when I looked at Spotify uh, for the year 2020 was Police Don't Stand So Close to Me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you have a new live album coming out, which I can't wait to hear. And plus, this is a place I've always wanted to go. So you're going to have to kind of draw me into what uh, the caverns are like in t uh, Tennessee. Uh, yep. You recorded it there over a couple nights. Uh, tell me about the experience and location. Yeah, it's cool because, you know, they have a venue that's in a in a cave, obviously. Um, and I've never even been there. I've, I've only gone to like I've watched the show on PBS. They do of it. Um, and so we've always tried to play there. They built an outdoor thing kind of in the woods. And we called our first record Live from the Woods. It was um, in a venue called Fontenelle in Tennessee. And so we were looking all over for a place like that to do this next live record. And this just lined up perfectly and i think isabel had done a show there and so we look at some pictures of what was happening you know some of the artists they were going to get and, and so we're pumped about it you guys breaking it down a little bit or is it a full-on rock show full-on rock show yeah i mean we're yeah we're going for it it's going to be uh it's kind of it's ambitious to record a live record when you're not in the middle of a tour obviously you know right 
Um, I know fans don't like to hear that, that you're always like, the first couple nights of a tour are always a little tricky. You know, <laughs> they might be the most exciting, but there's always plenty of mistakes and things that you're figuring out. Um, so I, I think it, it'll be interesting. We're, at least we play three nights. We're going to try to take the best stuff from those nights. I love it. This is kind of maybe a question for the industry, but you, you, you can answer for the band and, and kind of the industry. What is the major challenge for artists coming out of a year that really had no live shows? How can fans help you guys? Yeah, I, th I think it's been really hard. Um, and, and I don't think I thought this was going to be the case at the beginning of the quarantine. It's been really hard to promote new music. You know, it's just bands like us who really, you know, make our living and our name on the road. Um, just not having a chance to play those songs every night is a really big deal. Um, we feel like there's so many bands that are younger than us or just coming up, you know, they were on their first bus tour and, and this all happened and, and um, it's been a real struggle. So I would just say like when these things open back up, come out and see us, um, you know, as soon as you feel good and safe about it. Um, so I, I think even now we're dealing with, I mean, even the fall and next spring, it's like you're still dealing with a ton of uncertainty, you know, and probably the other thing is just patience with the bands because um, I can say right now, every, every band's struggling to some degree right now. And nobody wants to, you know, take advantage of fans or try to make tickets too expensive or all those all those things that you would always consider. So but we're also just trying to navigate a new landscape for the moment. You know, promoters are not paying the same. And this, you know, the t you can't sell as many tickets and all these things. So it's um, we're all I guess we should all just learn together, I guess, as we're coming out of this thing and, and appreciate the chance we get to see music. Kind of like the Foo Fighters song, learning to walk again. Right. That's it. Yeah, man. We're trying to trying to figure out a new a new way to do it. But, you know, we're hopeful that things are going to, you know, be back. And, and if I feel this huge appetite myself for music, so I know it's out there, um, you know, so I'm excited about being able to go see shows again, too. I love the song. The heart it has a great start to it. Maybe the greatest starting lyrics of any of the songs that I've heard you um, <laughs> put out there. Ain't no gift like the present tense. How do you stay <laughs> present, Bear, with all the distractions in the world? that it is offered up daily. How do you stay in the present? Yeah, that's, that's a really hard thing for me. I, I've gotten, um, I've gotten a little bit like, I don't know, ritualistic or something, but as, as I've gotten older, it's interesting. Like, you know, I, I really, I really rely on my candle and my incense to be burning and all that stuff. I've really, I kind of try to set the mood for those kind of things and spend a little time and reading for me is a huge part of that. So if I can spend, 10 or 15 minutes even before I get to work in the mornings, it really, um, it really centers me. Like you're saying, keeps me in the moment. You ever uh, get down to the beach with the kids? Is that inspirational to you guys? Or are you more of a mountain person? No, man, I love it. We spent, we spent actually Thanksgiving, um, at 38 and, and it was a blast and we've decided that's going to be our annual sort of tradition. Um, and I, I felt bad for all the cold people in Nashville, but I mean, we were still getting out on the beach and stuff. It was amazing. Um, and I think the kids, yeah, they just had a blast. They, we, we hadn't done that with kids. I, I used to live in Charleston, South Carolina, so there was never a reason to go to another beach, really. You know, <laughs> but being here in Nashville, that's like 30 days, Nashville South, as you know. And uh, so it's, it's been really fun. I'll, I'll give you an insider dad tip. You'll be an all-star next time you come down to the beach, just flashlights in a bucket and chase the ghost crabs at night with three boys. A hundred percent. I'm all the way into that. That's good stuff. If you stopped everything for a day and just said, I'm going to focus on being happy, how would you do that? What is that day like for you? Oh, man. Uh, I probably would take the kids to school. 
that's one of my favorite parts of the day. We play music and get to kind of ask them questions and stuff. And then, um, and then I would just, it would be a Saturday probably. I'd watch football all day, college football. That's my, that's my go-to. Let's sit in the crack of the couch. Um, <laughs> maybe a little red wine. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's all those elements are good for me. I love that. All right. Uh, we're wrapping up here with Bear with Need to Breathe. He's performing at the Moon Crush Festival coming up in April. We'll give you some more details on that in just a second. With all the songs that you have, if you had to uh, if you had to do a TED Talk, I'm sorry, let me start that over. I'll edit that. Okay. Um, with all the messages you have in your music, if you had a chance to do a TED Talk, what, what would be your message to that audience? Yeah. Um, well, I haven't prepared this yet, but I do think um, I think we talk about the the idea of vulnerability as as kind of the center of what what we do. It's the, it's if you're not ready to make a mistake again, you can't have a redemption story. You can't have love, you can't be loved. You know, um, and I think I think a lot of our music is about that. We want to be inspiring. Um, I hate to think that you leave our concert, regardless of what you care about, believe about, look like, feel like, you know, and not feel like, man, I want to be, a, I want to be better, you know, in my family and my work and my life. I want to be happier, all those things. So, um, I think that's sort of the center of it is like, I feel like we're always talking about from the dark angle of life in a way we're always like, Hey, this happens to us all the time, happens to you all the time. It just, the only way you can do, you know, move on is to get back up again. Okay. So we've got moon crush festival coming up April 26th through May 1st. It is a safely produced uh, connected music vacation in Miramar Beach, Florida. Uh, amazing bands. Need to Breathe is playing. Jason Isbell's playing. Uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Cheryl Crow. I, I could keep going and going and going. Uh, tell us just what you're going to bring to the stage. This is your first big show after kind of being locked down for a while? Yes. Uh, it's going to be nuts. I, I, I'm, we've talked about it a lot. It's like you always look forward to the kind of those benchmark moments in the year. And, and especially since the band's been off so much, we've been rehearsing with like feeling like there's, we're not rehearsing for anything, but when we're talking about something that's that, and obviously we're huge fans of the bands that are playing. Um, so I think, I think we'll have a great time. That's great. All right. Well, we're going to just have a little fun and get out of this interview with bear need to breathe. Thank you so much. It's five questions and uh, it's just real quick answers. So you don't have to give me a long dissertation. Right. Just have fun with it. Uh, did you have a magic eight ball growing up and did you believe in its powers? I, I did have one. I did not believe in, uh, in the powers. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, cats or dogs? Uh, neither. I'm allergic to both. Okay. There you go. That, that kind of disqualifies them both. <laughs> uh, an album, not yours in your car right now. Um, Leon Bridges. Good one. If you weren't in a band, what job would you want? Hmm. I like to be an offensive coordinator. I like that. For what college team? Uh, Alabama. All right. Entitled. I, know you hate it, I didn't but know I'm, you were entitled, Bear. I'm named Bear. What am, I, what am I gonna do? That's hilarious. Well, yeah, they're they're rolling for sure, aren't they? Um, what song would you play last if you knew it was gonna be your last song? Oh. One of mine, I guess, uh, I guess, um, Kelly, hard to pin it on the end. Um, Wasteland is the best song I've ever written, I think. Um, so I'd probably play that. I appreciate your time. And we really look forward to getting out there with you guys. Uh, it is, it is going to be weird, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's be, be way fun. too long to see live music and, uh, 
that's kind of what our family is based around. Our kids were singing Grace Potter and all this other stuff at three years old. So I'm ready to get them to a real rock show and uh, can't wait to see you guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you too. The Beach Happy Podcast, produced at the 30A Radio Studios in South Walton, Florida. Listen to past episodes at 30A.com online or at soundcloud.com slash Beach Happy Podcast. Until next time, Beach Happy. Beach Happy.